I'm now looking at it. It's called Major Melon. It has this, Major has Melon. Whole, it has like this whole Vietnam thing to it. There's like a watermelon on here. That palm looks trees, like, like, a couple helicopters flying over. <laughs> just like he looks like, yeah, I killed that whole village. What you gonna fucking do about it? Like, <laughs> oh, it does have like a whole Vietnam theme. <laughs> That oddly this, would sell this it melon to me in my more. this melon in my cap right now. That's not part of me. That's a part of the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. Uh, I'll have to try that now. Now knowing that there's you know the Vietnam flavor Mountain Dew. <laughs> Can I get the Nam flavor? <laughs> they even have watermelons in Vietnam. I don't know. Maybe. Fuck. <laughs> it almost needs to I'm be like they might, napalm they... melon. Napalm. <laughs> You know what? Mountain Dew is literally the perfect drink for a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast. Oh, we're leading in with that? <laughs> maybe, maybe we are leading in with that. <laughs> I, uh, It's fitting. It's fitting. It's very 90s. I, I honestly think this would have been very, like, that flavor sounds like something that would happen would have happened in the 90s, possibly. You know what's always kind of weird? Because I always think of Mountain Dew being 90s, but there's one other thing I always think about. In one of the Roger Moore movies, there's a ginormous Mountain Dew ad in, like, the back of, like... <laughs> On the action scenes. So, like, <laughs> I just like the idea that, like, oh, Mountain Dew, you know, it's like extreme sports with Roger Moore, because I really almost want to say it's um, the spy who loved me, so it, you'd have that big ski scene in the beginning. I'm surprised he doesn't just crack open a Mountain Dew, chug it, throw it at one of the bad guys, the guy crashes, rolls down the hill, blows up somehow. <laughs> well, there's, that, there's also that whole part in, um, it's not Mountain Dew, but it's, like, the less healthier Gatorade in, like, the Matrix uh, Revolutions. I mean, you might see like a Powerade or something somewhere in the background in Reloaded, but in Matrix Revolutions, is that part where they're chasing like the the hobo guy, the the train man or whatever through the train station? Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where it just—I want to say it holds like on a pa- on a Powerade ad. They just both they all three just run right past it for a second. <laughs> and I want to say the dude does like a slow mo jump with that thing behind him for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So it really focuses on it, and you're like, shit, I want a Powerade. And then they even have that, and there's the Enter the Matrix game. If you went to a Powerade machine, it would refill your focus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of miss those days of that. For some reason, like, I'll complain about it if they put an ad on Street Fighter Five. I'm like, don't you dare give me fucking ad. You get fight money. I don't care. I don't want to see an ad. I paid for the game. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> something like that Matrix one almost sounds like, it sounds like innocent and sweet. <laughs> dumb way. Like, like we didn't know better. Yeah. You mean it doesn't refill your focus? It, it means you can't dodge bullets. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And uh, we're, we're going with the IDW Volume One Sonic the Hedgehog comic, kind of like the the new start of a new Sonic generation in comic books and so on, and this kind of works out well, because I've been kind of in a Sonic mood lately. I went through Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic Adventure 2, and just kind of playing those games again, like, that really takes me back. They're, you know, because I think, when I think of Sonic Adventure, the Dreamcast was that first system that I ever got that I actually had it, like, pretty much right when it kind of came out. I think I got, like, six months after, because I was always used to having the systems, like, way towards the end, like, probably right about the time that, like, the next consoles were going to roll on out. I was getting it. It's like, okay, I'm getting the Genesis. Oh, well, but you know, Sega Saturn will be out next week. <laughs> I got I got the Dreamcast when I was like near the end of its run. Like I got it like a little before Sonic Adventure 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And I basically, it was like 100 bucks and just, 
I always kind of wanted the Dreamcast. I was curious curious about it. Now there's a hundred bucks, and I just saved mm-hmm. up a bunch of money. And you know the thing where you do where you like you save up some money, or you just kind of have like a payment plan to your parents. Like okay, I'll pick up the dog shit dead. and mow the. Yeah, you you basically you pick up the dog shit, you mow the lawn, do the dishes, take out the trash, do all that, wash the car, like five, <laughs> yeah, like six seven bucks a week, and then eventually you work your way up to like okay okay it took me it took me eight months, but the Dreamcast and the two games I got with it are all paid off now, you know. Um, I remember I got Sonic Adventure, Street Fighter Alpha Three, um, Street Fighter Third Strike, Jet Grind Radio. A lot of went to a lot of like Funko Land a lot, looking for the cheaper ones, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and like, Son- even though I would play these other newer games, the one, I, the two games I probably played the most on there was Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic Adventure 2. And this, and you know, I'm not going to lie, I think since Sonic Adventure 2, even though there, that game did have problems, there's other games that are fun, of course, after that, but I feel like 3D-wise, they've been, they've been kind of trying to balance themselves and trying to juggle. Like, Sonic Adventure 2 seemed like the last big one. Oh six wanted to be big, yeah, but it, not in the way it panned out. And then, um, I, I like I don't know. I just think back on Adventure One, Adventure Two, and this comic. Even though it has newer stuff in it, it definitely you know takes you back to that period. Yeah, no, it it definitely does because yeah, it's just one of those ones like those games like even just the small things because even going back to Sonic Adventure Two, like what I always remember on that one's like those fucking knuckles and rouge levels. That's always what like that's like <laughs> the, like haunts me on that. And then, you know, I kind of played through him, and, and I will still say, Knuckles has way too many levels. Like, why is he, he has, like, just as many levels as Sonic, almost. It's kind of bizarre. But, um, you know, the only one that really took me a real long time was that water one, and that took me probably, like, 30 minutes or something. So, I, I don't know, I guess that's not the worst thing. The thing about that water level is there's something in that level you got to go looking for that's kind of integral for later in the game. Because eventually when you get to, like, Space Colony arc, and you have to, and you play as one character, and they leap off from one another to do their part of the mission. When you mm. play as Knuckles, he has to go through like this Mission Impossible like laser fence thing underwater. But when he gets a bubble, he lightly sinks and drops. And mm. there's this thing you got to get to the bottom of this uh, at the bottom of like this laser fence thing that's underwater. And then if you hit it, you hit acid, and then. There's just too many fucking things to, to to keep it track of. So the so it's almost you almost got to go back to that fucking aquatic mind level. You got to get the rebreather, like, the the rebreather, so you don't have to worry about looking for bubbles or anything like that in that whole process. Yeah, because that's that's the thing. Once you get that, then that's really not so shabby in that level and whatnot. But um, because because the thing is, you have the lasers everywhere, and then you have acid on the ground. And if he hits the fucking bubble, he lightly drops for a second, then he hits the fucking acid, then you lose your rings, you tr- you're running out of air, you try to grab the thing and then swim up, and then you fucking die, you know? Yeah. So it just gets, like, yeah. super chaotic and whatnot. But, um, I mean, I'll say this at the end of the day, the Sonic levels on both Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, those ones are pretty darn dialed. I mean, there's little things that kind of happen every once in a while where Sonic will shoot off in the wrong direction or, you know, maybe get caught up on something. But for the most part, those things are so much fun. You know, I think Sonic. I think Sonic and Shadow control better in Sonic Adventure Two, but yeah, there's I more of a sense of speed in Sonic Adventure One, though. Yeah, and, and there's oddly more levels in Sonic Adventure One too. I kind of forgot how many Sonic levels. There's like ten levels just about, I think, for Sonic himself. Mm-hmm. Where I think in the yeah. other one there's like six or seven. I mean, granted, you got Shadow as well too, but um, but yeah, no, it's like one of those ones. Going back, I just I, I even went back with even weirder ones because they were on sale, so I picked up the. 
just to just to try it again. Sometimes I like to just kind of give the old like college try to games. It's not that you have to seriously play it, but like Sonic Unleashed, I was like, yeah, well, let, let me see. I haven't played this since Ryan got it in like oh eight or nine or whenever the hell that came out. And Rage Quitted, yeah. <laughs> he just and I just remember being like, what the fuck? And then like you know, it starts off great and so on, but uh, oddly, it actually didn't bother me as much now this time. I don't know. And it's so weird. This is the strangest part, though. I will say, is the reviews like on Xbox. For, like, those Sonic games, like that, I guess, that, like, third generation of Sonic titles or whatever you want to kind of call them, like, that game had, like, pure 5 out of 5. It was so fucking weird. Like, I don't think I saw any other game on Xbox One that had that many fucking good reviews. Well, I guess to be fair, the one I had was the Wii version, and apparently that's the weakest, that's the worst version to have of that game, apparently. Mm. Um, But at the exact same time... The thing about, I mean, I, I said it when I first played it, and I say it now. It's kind of like it gives you everything you want in the Sonic game, and then everything you don't want. And that's the thing that makes me so angry about it, because it's just like you guys are smart enough to know to do this, but you're dumb enough to put in this shit. And it's mm-hmm. like I don't know, the, like the whole like the 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 Werehog thing and the button masher, the slow beat 'em up part. It doesn't feel like a fine, well tuned brawler. It feels like. I'm not saying this to be a dick. It feels kind of like a movie for like like a, a a DreamWorks movie just came out, and here is the tie-in video game. Is the Shrek beat 'em up game? This is the Shrek beat 'em up game, or the Kung Fu Panda beat 'em up game that they made like in like five months, and they just kind of like, well, we can't let them see the whole movie. So just give them parts of the script and some of the concept art. They'll let them work into it from there. I get that vibe whenever I play the fucking like. Uh, <laughs> Werehog shit. So, um, I, it, yeah, so that game, it, it, it pushed things forward in some ways, but I just unleashed. It's just one of those, like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? It's kind of what I wanted to say. <laughs> and, well, you know what I really think it is with those reviews? I'm really kind of guessing. Not, not the fans, but the, the Sega. Sorry to cut yeah, you no, off. No, no, yeah, no, no, I know what you mean, but, like, I re- what I think it is, though, is there's a lot of people that, like, because you know when you're, like, about give or take eight years old, Whatever five games you have, for the most part, you probably think the world of those games. It's either that or there might be that game where you're like, God, it's the only game I had, and I had to play it, and it fucking sucked, but I kept playing it because it was one of the only games I had. That might be the other thing, but I think that's sort of why that game... There's that third generation of Sonic fans. It just makes you sound fucking old. Like, you know, not like us good old first-timey generation fans. No, 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 the third generation <laughs> fans, and they came into that, and that was their Sonic. You know what I mean? Like, they went back and played Sonic the Hedgehog on Genesis, and they're like, what, no Werehog? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I guess... No silver? (laughs) I guess it's also one of those things where that's true right there. Um, Even though I liked Mario before Mario World, Mario World is the game that made me into Mario. Mm -hmm. So whenever there was a game where you couldn't ride Yoshi, there was a period of like, well, this is cool, but... Why can't you ride Yoshi? But up at that point, like, well, dude, Yoshi was only in one game. That's, like, you can't always hold it to that particular standard. So, and it wouldn't be until, what, Sunshine, till you really rode Yoshi again. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. And he wouldn't even be green. He wouldn't even be green. You'd be, like, you know. You'd always get the the off-brand Yoshis. (laughs) You were all the off-brand Yoshis. He turned green right before he died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in uh, Mario RPG, you can ride Yoshi for that race against the douchebag guy who's like, hey, man, what's up? Oh, Got yeah. my 90 oh, yeah. sunglasses on. I own this town. Oh, she? And then, yeah. And then Mario shows up and he's just like, no, I don't you fucking dare think you take this town over. Me, me and Yoshi <laughs> here got this town. Don't you dare think you can take it over. 
Yoshi just sent him a letter like, "There's problems in the ho- there's problems at the homeland. I need a help." You know, so this guy's coming on, in Malo. stealing cookies. <laughs> we got some people to rough up. Don't you start fucking crying on me. We're going. You're coming with don't me. You, You're gonna learn to be a man. Don't you be still. Don't you be stealing my cookies. <laughs> That's fucking currency here. Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. It's like a Scorsese film, but. Oh, it really becomes like that, but um, but yeah, I guess jumping back to into Sonic, this, back to Sonic, Sonic so, in the IDW. Before you, oh, before you, find? you lean into which the IDW, uh, did you ever read a whole lot of the Archie ones? Uh, I read like a bit of them throughout time. It's one of those ones that I, I couldn't say I read tons of them, but I would love to. That's one of those ones I would wouldn't mind going back and like even if we cherry picked through some of them, I think that'd be just kind of fun to kind of go with. Because I remember them as a kid having like a couple of those miscellaneous single issues that you had in the shoebox. You know what I mean? Well, well, it was also one of those things. It was you know it was before they had the graphic novels and all that. So I mean, graphic novels of Sonic stuff, and I don't even know if they have. I think for a minute they had the Archie graphic novels. I'm not sure how far along they got, but the Sonic brand, I mean. But um, I remember there's Sonic comics. Like, what? There's Sonic comics? And then anytime you went to the grocery store, you just went to the comic book rack to see if they were there. And maybe they'd be there, maybe they wouldn't. But the th- I actually did kind of collect them pretty frequently because when you were a kid, when I was a kid, you know, um, after, you know, allowances, doing chores and all that, you'd save up and you go to, like, you know, Toys R Us in the video mm-hmm. game section, they actually had, like, a, a two-pack of comics. So it'd usually be, okay, I'm getting some kind of, like, Star Wars thing, and then a two-pack of, like, both sides. It'd be like, okay, here's one here's one issue, here's another issue. Maybe they had nothing to do with one another. But I almost go off, like, oh, this is the one that's kind of adapting Sonic and Knuckles. This is the one that's... Or they'd just be going off, of, like, a cool cover. And out of that, mm-hmm. you'd piece together, like, oh, this takes place between here and there, and... Um, eventually, you know, I just fell behind and stopped reading them, but then I'd look at it and like, see how much further it came along. And apparently right when Archie was losing the rights to Sonic and all that and going over to IMD, uh, I, uh, IDW, they took a lot of the current, um, writers and artists from then and brought them over onto this book. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, sometimes I think every once in a while, you know, not saying that the Archie run, you know, they, they did all kinds of stuff in there and so on. But sometimes it gets to a point in comp books where you just kind of need sort of a kind of a, a fresh start. And even though this still takes place sort of like later on and whatnot, because what were you saying? Like, it took place after Sonic Heroes? This takes place after Sonic Forces, but they bring in things oh, from... Sonic Forces, that's right. Yeah, and apparently I guess there is a Sega mandate slash update thing, which is... They're trying to create more of a concrete uh, universe. And mm-hmm. apparently, classic Sonic and Sonic Adventure Sonic are not even part of the same universe anymore. It's like, this is classic universe. This is a modern universe. Classic universe, mm-hmm. he doesn't talk, this and that. And apparently, not even like Fang or Mighty or, or uh, uh, Ray or even in the 3d universe now i think they're just almost making it more complicated <laughs> really when they I do this so, type too. of like, shit i always think that's kind of weird when they kind of throw that thing out like well sonic doesn't talk i'm like well yeah it was a sega genesis game like i assumed he talked i just i didn't think i was going to hear it in sega genesis you know what i mean it ain't fucking like when you start up super metroid and the game starts talking to you right off the bat it throws you fucking for a curve <laughs> basically you could tell from if you know your games with the first page you know, okay, so at least this goes as far back as Adventure. So Sonic, so even though there's history there, Sonic Adventure is, I guess, technically 
it's st the starting point for this new universe, even though there is history they had previously, because you see a bunch of final bosses from previous Sonic games. The first, It's kind of just given the quick rundown of like who Sonic is, what he does, he fights Robotnik. Yeah, exactly. And then there was this big war, pretty much, and like they took care of fucking Robotnik, and they think he's almost kind of gone for the moment and whatnot. Now they're just cleaning up. There's like, in a sense, like roguelike badniks out there that are just causing havoc. You know what Did I you mean? ever play just, Sonic Forces? I did. I have that one. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, again, I don't want this whole thing to be kind of like me just complaining about shit that happens other Sonic things. But Forces, I feel like that this writer, and I'm not going to totally blame all the programmers on Sonic Forces. I think it's more Sega suits coming in the way, because apparently they have a thing of where they have a bigger, grander plan but then Sega does something to step in, it cuts their budget, or does something which makes it more difficult to do what they wanted to do originally, so now they have to scrap a lot of the ideas they have, and now instead of making a big game, they have a game that comes out for 40 bucks on launch day, or 30 bucks, whatever it was. Um, and I think they didn't really utilize the things they could have done with Sonic being a POW. I mean, I'm not expected to be like Guantanamo Bay or anything, like pulling out his fingernails or anything like that. But at the same time, I was expecting, like, oh my god, there was a war and they lost. And like, nothing really changed in the, in the game. But in this, though, it's like, oh no, we are dealing with it. And I feel like this comic is good at taking some of the things and retroactively expanding on it or making more sense out of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, I even think, like, in Sonic Adventure 2, there's that part where Sonic's in jail or whatnot, and Amy comes by, and she's like, well, Sonic, I'll free you if you marry me. He's like, yeah, right, I'll stay in jail if that's the case. And then she's I like, thought oh. I had you this time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, you thought, but you didn't. Because <laughs> you don't fucking think. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's get out of here, you know what I mean? And I even you can like blow me on the way there, yeah. I love how even in this one, too, like, cause like, Amy's, like, in charge of the Resistance, and it almost has, a, like, that feeling that, like, Sonic and Knuckles and Tails and everything's like, God, you remember when, like, we just used to kick ass, and, you know, there was, you know, we beat Robotnik, and there wasn't anything tying us down, and we didn't have to clock in exactly at 8 o'clock every morning, and so on like that. Shit, Amy's fucking ruined it for us. I gotta, I gotta go off and do my own thing now. Boom, <laughs> we used to have, like, we could have, like, beers at lunch break, remember that? <laughs> Yeah, that's the only what it feels like. It feels like Amy kind of moved in, and she's like, okay, I'm going to organize everything for you guys now. And it's just like, uh, oh, well, no, it's, I mean, like, yeah, I, I guess we're, like, you know, a team that fights stuff. We just, we just, we just show up at the clubhouse, you know what I mean? They shoot some guns. I can't find... and kind of... <laughs> Where's my shit? Guns. Where's my shit? It, it's alphabetized now. Ah! I had a way that I knew where everything was. It just looked like a hurricane came in here. That, that's my style. Don't you get it, Amy? <laughs> and then I just well, love how it's like, they just decide, like, everybody's just like, fuck it, let's just get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? It's shit. I'm sick and tired of her complaining that, like, oh, we happen to be late, or, oh, we didn't get the paperwork done in time, or, oh, no, more problems like that. <laughs> well, before we go too far into this, I'll say this book is more of a like gently easing you into it and essentially there isn't like a heavy through line throughout the first graphic novel it's literally sonic going like okay a sonic and robotnik been fighting for a while a war mm -hmm. just happened robotnik lost they don't know where that where he's at but his robots are just kind of running amok kind of aimlessly just wandering around the um countryside 
So they're uh-huh. trying to just tackle him. And each issue, he's dealing with a different member of his crew and then getting a little bit of exposition. And then we're on to the next one. This is more of like a soft setup. And so I think that, you know, you don't really have to go on. We don't have to go so much on like, okay, and then the next page, this happens. It's more of just like free flow, like Sonic meets Tails, helps him out. Sonic meets Knuckles, helps him out. Meets Amy, helps her out. Meets Blaze, and then a new character, Tangle, helps them out. And then we get a little bit of a reveal at the end. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that Blaze is in it too, because I always feel that's a character that I feel... They should use Blaze more often, like because you know she appeared in the Game Boy Advance Sonic Advance game, and then like, um, or shit, was it was it the Game Boy Advance one? Or was it the DS one that she appeared in? Uh, she appeared in the DS game. Okay, so yeah, Sonic uh, Sonic Rush. Yeah, which that was a fantastic. That's I feel those handheld ones are like the very like forgotten and underrated Sonic games because those ones are pretty darn good, but nobody ever brings them up too often. Well, th- she also plays different from Sonic, but she's a, still a speed character, and I think like. As far as, I mean, now she's not that new. She's like 10 years old by now. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of newish characters, I think she's one of the better characters. Not just yeah. because, I mean, her design is cool and everything, but the thing is, she's more of like, she's a girl character, but she's not too like, oh, I'm so girly and so fumbly. And at the same time, she's also stern and serious, but she's not so bleak and somber like Shadow. I think that she she's a good balance of, like, Sonic and Shadow. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, you know. Well, well Sh- Shadow is definitely a character of a generation. <laughs> you know what I he's mean? He's definitely a product. Of, well, I think he's even a little before. I mean, he, well, he's almost like Proto, because he, like, he, like, ushers in the 2000s. A- yeah, you he's know what I mean? He's kind of like, like he, I guess he's leading into it. He's kind of, like, like if, uh, he sounds like if there was a kid, like, man, I wish Papa Roach was in a Sonic game. Like, well, we got a character for that kid. Yeah, exactly. It's that kid who's, like, he he might be leaning, like, a little bit. He could be, like, tear-tottering between being, like, the Marilyn Manson fan, the Papa Roach fan, and going into the My Chemical Romance fan, even. I'm gonna... This is gonna seem a little, like, off off course for just a moment, but I gotta share this. And it's gonna mm-hmm. make me out to be the asshole, but it, still, regardless, I just gotta share this. Um, the other day at work, uh, this two girls, probably, like, early 20s or so... One of them was playing, like, some Breaking Benjamin or whatever, and I'm just walking by. I'm like, oh my god, you listen to Breaking Benjamin? Oh, yeah, I'm a hardcore rocker. I I grew up on, like, Papa Roach and, like, 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 like Skillet and, like, like just these, like, very fucking, like, I, this is going to be a very local reference, 96.7 type bands, you know? Yeah, and, you uh, know that, that rock station that probably everybody sort of has... In their town. Yeah, and then I'm just like, fuck. I'm just like, bite your tongue, leave, leave, leave. I had to leave the room. I was, I, I just like, I'm not one of those people who wants to shit on other people's parades. But right there, I'm like, I'm such a hard, I'm, not, I'm by no means like a hardcore rocker. I'm not like a guy to mosh pit or anything like that. But at the same time, I was just like, fuck, don't make, don't make Iggy Pop comparisons. Don't fucking talk about, you know, fucking Guns N' Roses or something. You know, <laughs> just, just fucking leave. <laughs> well, at least you didn't do a thing. She's like, man, I'm really into that classic rock. Yeah, look, well, I guess for them, like, I don't know. I, I was just <laughs> one of those things. Like, there's, there's, there's... It's just, that's old people music. Well, that's, I thought by then that would be old people music. But I guess maybe they were like in, you know, like just getting out of high school or starting high school right when that shit was coming out, so... I was just like, fuck. 
I was just like, I feel old, and I feel like, like, oh, yeah, I'm such a hardcore rocker, and, you know, they're both nice, but I was just like, fuck, I gotta leave, I gotta leave, I can't stay, I can't get round into this conversation, I'm gonna be an <laughs> asshole if I do, <laughs> so, anyway, I feel like Shadow was kind of like someone made for someone who liked a lot of those bands for a minute, you know? Well, that that was made for that. That's just like the 2000s in general, because like I feel like Shadow fits in with it's the post Matrix era, you know. Oddly, Matrix created all these kind of things like that, but it kind of fits into like you know things like the one with Jet Li and like let the bodies hit the floor. Like that's what Shadow. That's aimed Drowning at. Pool. That's the big one they're talking about. Drowning Pool. Let the bodies hit the. That's what they were. Fun. That was the big one. <laughs> that, that's like that's like with the song it like appears on about like it, three if not more movies for like some real pivotal scenes in those like action movies of like the early 2000s and it always puts a smile on my face i don't know why it's like the one that last battle scene there you're like oh dude it's like Come you know where you are two pieces. well my, the best part about that is like when the lightning bolt hits the camera <laughs> <laughs> oh such good times but yeah that that does lead that's like the, the shadow of the hedgehog it like it's really like that's why i think what makes them kind of interesting it's that one that like you see shadow and you know you, you could t- it takes you back it's almost like he's now like this historical figure of like a time that like he like can almost define it like if you somebody need to know like what's what was the 2000s like you just go oh just read shadow's autobiography <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that because at the time everybody was like oh he's so cool and now it's like ah, oh, he's kind of a joke character but I think they're still trying to do things with him, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie, the further this comic goes, not, he's not in this volume, but the further it goes, I guess some people had problems with him, but I, I think they found that good balance between, you know, he's air, he's basically by this point more of like the Vegeta, but not mm-hmm. as like cocky all the time, more or less, and he's not, he doesn't even really want anything to do with Sonic, he's more of just like, he's not like, it's not all about this rivalry for him, he just wants to do what he does, and Sonic has an opposing stance on it. Yeah, well, I think that the, like I think that's the, the route to go perfect with him is make him the Vegeta-like character. That that sounds like a perfect place to make Shadow standing um, around, I, arms crossed, doesn't really like what everybody else has to do, but still follows along anyways because he doesn't want to be left behind. Yeah, there's maybe one or two people in the group that he kind of likes. You know, everyone else is like, "Fuck, you're talking again." That's what I kind of like about Vegeta. Vegeta's that kind of guy that like he really doesn't like being around everybody but at the same time he, he always wants to be included somehow some way like he's gonna like poo poo every idea but then he's like oh, well i guess i'll have to go then i mean i don't want to go up because you know you're telling me to go it's just you know i don't want to be left behind either i want to get a rice bowl what <laughs> i don't like being alone so i can't admit it <laughs> no it's just the whole I, thing i like the like... company of others even though i'm the asshole I like to be a part of the company, but not really, not really contribute. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to go to a potluck, but I don't like to cook or bring anything. <laughs> <laughs> I brought the paper plates. We're good. <laughs> no, but um, the is the book. Is, I think uh, what they do with each different uh, personality of the character. I think they really understand like. Cause I, let's we're not let's not bullshit. At the end of the day, Sonic the Hedgehog. If you're looking at it in the con, I think. Game-wise, they're still trying to capture everybody from who originally played it to, like, kids today. But then if you look at the comic, let's not bullshit. At the end of the day, they are trying to make something for, uh, for you know, something a kid could read. And I feel like, ultimately, yeah, there are some very kiddish moments in this for obvious reasons. The Sonic book. But at the same time, I think there is, like, a sense of... there. It actually 
the people who write this, they really know the characters. They know what to lean into. They know what to pull back on. And I don't think it's all super Saturday morning. They actually have, like, some small nuances to the characters that they get across very well. No, yeah, I think it's super dialed in. You know, it's just where it's like, it almost kind of has that feeling of almost kind of like the Pokemon Adventures books, where, like, you're almost getting, like, one of the best versions you can kind of have of, you know, the stories you kind of like. It just even it's just even just fun small stuff in here. I love that part where like I think it's the Knuckles one where Knuckles is just outside like beating up these like robots outside this like walled off like fortress thing and whatnot. And then he's like him and Sonic show up and they're like, Yo, let us in. They're like, Oh, well, I don't know if we're gonna let you in and then they just fucking climb up the wall and Sonic runs up and like, Oh shit, they got in already. They're like, yeah, we're fucking good guys. Get over here and start slapping that kid around, be like, Don't you fucking when I say open the fucking door, you open the fucking door. Who do you think saved Mobius? <laughs> where's your fridge where's your fridge like Sonic's just yeah. like oh. he's almost more like a bully like he saves the day but he's gonna like rob them all their food in the process and like hey is that your daughter you're like fuck just get her behind the wall <laughs> god I don't know just bring up the fridge and this just brings up kind of like these things that like you don't think about at the time but now I think about them. I remember being like in high school and you would show up to people's houses especially people's houses that you've never been over to first but if you had like a gang of fellows coming on over you would be like hey where's your fridge at we're doing a fridge raid and just start like eating out of someone's fridge like a maniac just like <laughs> the thing that like somebody's parents would hate more than anything else is about four teenagers coming in like what do you got to eat <laughs> a birthday cake? No, that's for my dad for tonight. <laughs> He's not home yet. You're putting it in the microwave. Why are you putting that cake in the microwave? I don't know. <laughs> I'm 14. I don't got good judgment, but that's okay. I'm Wait, figuring yeah, ten, shit out as I go along. For ten minutes until it blows <laughs> up. Oh, <laughs> uh, your cake blew up. I ain't clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but the whole thing, that's ba- that's I could totally see Sonic doing that. But I think they have a good balance of him being witty and him being a uh, smartass, but at the same time, not leaning in too much of that 90s thing, or even the thing that kind of pops in the games, where I think sometimes he's not, I mean, you know, uh, I don't think you ever really look at Sonic for like a great story. I think there's p- potential for a great story there. And I think this comic does a good job with it. On top of it, though... I feel the, uh, at times, they really don't know what to do with it story-wise or character-wise in the games. And I feel like Ian Flynn has a pretty good idea what to do, along with all these different artists they have in this book that really understand the aesthetic of the world and the characters. And even though all the issues, I want to say, have a different artist, they all, they're all fitting. They're all fitting of this. It doesn't feel like anything too drastic from one another. And... The first one where it's Sonic and Tails, I kind of like how even though you see Sonic's the one doing all the work, you see why Tails is important. Because the last game he was in, in Forces, he was just a coward, you know? And a lot of times they don't know what to do with Tails. He's just like, oh, I'm scared. Like, well, in classic games or even Adventure 1, Adventure 2, he was out there doing shit. Even in Heroes. And now, for some reason, one, like, a couple, like, robots come, like, wandering in... He cowers and has to wait for someone to help him all the time. And that's in, like, newer games. And this one, I like how they kind of come around and be like, yeah, when I thought you were dead, I just kind of lost it for a minute. So I'll be better about that in the future, you know? Yeah, well, and the way I always look at Tails, he's the Donatello of the group. You know what I mean? He's the smart guy. He's got the gadgets. He's got the gears. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like Sonic calls upon Tails when he needs to solve something that, you know, involves too much thinking. 
But at the same time, though, he is capable of... He, he Maybe he's not the one to be the first one to be charging in there. But at the same time, he's not a coward. And he's also yeah. not, like... He's not hapless. He, he can still get things done. And I feel like this book kind of illustrates that. I feel like in this book... You, he's he's also willing to call like uh, talk shit on Sonic in some points and like call him on his bullshit, you know. So yeah. I th- they, they, they think don't just this... make him the stupid fall of like I think some people just seem like oh he's just a tag along character. It's like a little kid falling around, you know, his big brother. Yeah, and there's the because Tails says you know for a while the robots have just been kind of wandering, but lately the last couple they've seemed a, f- a little bit more uh, coordinated and whatnot. And Sonic's just like picking his teeth like. I haven't really noticed. And, like, you see the shot of Tails just giving, like, this, really, dude? Fucking really? And, like, another shot of, like, just silence. Like, okay, okay, maybe I have. And, like, not saying that that's, like, not, like, like that's Tarantino dialogue or anything, but I feel like that's more than other, than the more the games have given him, more personality. Like, he's actually willing to, like, come, like, he's willing to call people on their bullshit on some things, or before, be like, okay, I guess so, you know? Or, how'd yeah. you know it wasn't the real one? Because you just fucking told me. Like, oh, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I like how Tails is a little bit sassy in this one, and he's got, you know, a little bit more attitude, which is what he needs. Because, you know, that's how I feel about Tails. It's like, yeah, Tails can kick ass, you know, just like, you know, just like Don Taylor. He can kick just as much ass as anybody else, you know. But, you know, his, his main skill, I always think, is that he's the technology guy. He's, like, almost the intelligence guy, and so on. And just even, like, I think when, like, Song's like, yo, Tails, you gonna join me? We're gonna go, like, to wherever we're going to go in the next issue. And Tails is like, you know what, Sonic? You're faster than me. I, I, I'm going to take care of this, like, town here because obviously they can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? yeah, and I think that that's good that he's at that point where he can... He doesn't need Sonic there to do everything. Because for a while, it was kind of like... And don't get me wrong, I know that they they didn't probably think Sonic would even last this long as a franchise or character. But, mm-hmm. um... I, I guess... because he'd go the way of bef- Bubsy. Well, I guess because every, everything, that, but I, I guess everything for a long time kind of revolves around Sonic. Like, what's Amy? So the girl that she defines herself by, you know, her obsession with Sonic. Who's Tails? He's Sonic's best friend who tags along, who always dies, but keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's Knuckles? Oh, that's his rival. You know, who's who's Eggman? His arch enemy. You know, so everything. Now, I feel like this comic, even though it's still, Sonic's still the main character, you could see the you could see these characters kind of standing on their own, not needing Sonic to be there on every page. Like if if they had like a Tales miniseries, I think he could stand on his own right there. Exactly, and same with like even Amy and everybody else too. I mean, even Amy's kicking ass and whatnot. I, I just love my still my favorite part. So I just love how Amy just like it's like she's taking over the business and like everybody's just like, oh god, she got. You know, she seemed so nice until she got promoted up there, until we made her manager, and now she's fucking... Because it, it reminds me of that sort of thing. You, you know, like, you ever been to one of those jobs before where, like, one guy finally gets promoted upwards, and he was the greatest guy ever when, like, you, you were just kind of, like, in, in the same level as him, and then once the second he got, like, some little bit of power and whatnot, he just became, like, a total ass? Well, I don't think Amy's an ass, no, you can see she's trying to run ass, a more coordinated... Like, <laughs> I just think that, like, she just... She took what was... It's almost like she took the fun out of being, like... The guys who just kick Robotnik's ass. Man, she took all the fun out of being in a in an army. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, she started putting rules and regulations and codes. And what? I mean, like a, Knuckles is like you know he's like you know the main guy and he's like the general of the army and whatnot. And even the issue where he goes to find Knuckles, Knuckles is like yeah, I had to get fucking out of there. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> 
The skirt walked in, and nothing went the same, went the same ever since. She wanted me to wear pants around the office place. We never wore pants. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say the whole thing with, um, well, first off, yeah, I totally know what you mean. There's that guy you work with. He's hella cool. And then suddenly a little bit of power. Like, whoa, what the fuck happened? You know? Yeah. But then, um, but I'll say the whole thing with Amy, what they do with her is apparently they think that they're using her to kind of replace Sally and Sonic because there's a period where... Yeah, Sonic and Sally were dating and this and that, but then Sega kind of had their back turned on the Archie books for a long time, and they looked like, wait, what's he doing? He's in a relationship? He's actually having character development? What the fuck? So there's all these things that they couldn't do suddenly. So, um... So because of that, like they just said, like, all right, well, uh, well, well, first off, due to copyright issues and all that, Sally can't be in it. So they're taking more of the commander and army leader roles and putting that more into Amy. And I'm not gonna lie, Amy was never a favorite character of mine. Uh, she always just kind of annoyed me because that's all she ever was. She was just the oh, where's Sonic? I just want to be with Sonic, you know. But now it's like they're actually giving her something to do. And even though you can still see she likes Sonic, she still wants to be with Sonic. And he's not giving her the time of day. You can still see they're good enough friends to bullshit. And she's also like still kind of like, all right, yeah, I like Sonic, but my priority right now is running a military. I'm 12. Yeah. No, I could, you know. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe now she's like 16 or something. I don't know. But well, in animal years, that's pretty fucking old. Think about like dog years in a sense. I guess that's the yeah. same for like Hedgehog and so on. But no, actually, no, I, I like Amy a lot in this one. I think, I think by giving her kind of more of that. Like, oh, she's the commander and so on. Like, it's just funny just, I think, when the, when the other people are like, oh, the rules, the regulations, and all that stuff. Being like, taking over our clubhouse. Like, I just think of, like, that Simpsons episode where, like, Milhouse gets a girlfriend and Bart's up there. He's like, he's like you can't have a girlfriend. What if I want to strut around nude? <laughs> a little bit of that, yeah. And then... Hey, like you know, Sonic gets there and saves the day, and they're all happy to see Sonic. But then Amy comes in; they're almost, they're almost, they're for a minute. I think they're more happy to see. Oh, it's Amy! Like, oh yeah, she's she's doing shit too. Cool, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like Sonic's like, I think the thing about Sonic's like, you know, it's, it's good that I'm always faster than her. So, uh, Amy, see you later. <laughs> you got this, right? Later, boom. Yeah. And I kind of like how even right here he's still trying to like just dismiss the robot attacks. It's just like. You know, like, all right, look, I'm going to just go village to village, see what's going on, make sure everything's running smoothly. But, you know, she's saying, like, hey, I need you to be here to help me. He's like, no, I got to go live my life. There's even a part where they uh, they still kind of get across that she likes him in that way. But mm-hmm. they even make a reference to the song because he, like, what's that? It does, The song, It Doesn't Matter, which sounds like it could be an emo song, but context, you know. Yeah. Where, where he, like, the sun is shining. It's almost comical, the way how... The sun's shining, he's looking all badass, he's doing, like, the Bruce Lee nose flick thing. He says, living by my way, my own way, which is a reference to that song from, song, two versions of it, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. And then yeah. she just gets smitten right there, like, uh, oh yeah, I gotta stay here, I gotta do my job. Yeah, exactly, well, it's even like, isn't that the one where, like, he's almost, like, highly rendered, too? Yeah, like, extra detail, like, I think some, what they do with, because I want to say the, this first volume... Every issue is a different artist, and I think it's kind of like a preview for like here's different artists to come in this series, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first off, I think they're fighting like something from Sonic Heroes. I think that that's what that ship is from with all those different goofy ass little robot things. And um, I think uh, I think like 
there's an example I was going to make. I think they do a good job with a lot of, like, the more visual cues with the characters. Like, maybe not this is the one I'm thinking of, but I think that this does utilize things like more comical drawings in certain ways, you know? Like, not typically that anime-ish... Maybe probably stems from anime to some extent. Not that over-anime, simple, uh, like, expression, but more of, like... I can't really think of a way to explain it. I'm jumping ahead here. This isn't on the pa- this page. But we'll, we'll get to it later, though, when, when I come across one. Well, because it has that sort of mix match between cart- like American cartoon and anime style. Like, it does this thing where, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, when a character fucks up or something, and then they, they have more of, like, I guess you'd almost see it more like in a webcomic. Like, their eyes are really circular, and do that thing where they're kind of holding their breath, like, and someone just looks really derpy, like, oops, I just totally fucked up. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. Yeah, I always call that, like, it's like a Newgrounds look. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense, because I think a lot of these people are from... I mean, I don't know about these people. I can't say for these people for certain, but I know that um, Tyson Hess was definitely part of, like, online Sonic community stuff. Now he's redesigning Sonic in the movie, you know, so... Yeah, so, you you know, that kind of can come from there and everything like that. But, uh, no, the art, it's one of those ones, feel like, almost at first glance, you probably wouldn't even notice that each issue is kind of a different person, because... And I guess because it's, like, Sonic-like. Like, what, you don't know how to draw Sonic? Like, come on, like, we all know what he looks like. And so it all kind of mixes, or max, or mixes, fucking mixes together the whole way through. And even though they got, there's a little bit difference in each one, but, you know, it still has that same, like, classic Sonic look. The You know, the art style is fantastic the whole way through. Yeah, well, I think each one is almost kind of meant to, first, each art style, I'm not looking too deep into this, is meant to highlight the kind of tone and theme of, like, okay, I can kind of see this art style fitting more of, like, Sonic and Tails. And the second uh, volume, second issue, it's a little bit more detailed, a little bit more rendered, but at the same time, it's with Amy, and it's it's, it's at, like, sunrise or sunset or something. So and I feel like... slightly darker tones. Darker tones and a lot more broader colors. And then the last one, it's a little bit more of, like... The last one, there's more detail, but at the same time, it looks just... I don't want to say scratchy. Because it, it's very clear, and it looks really good. But it looks kind of like a cross between the styles of the first issue and the second issue. Yeah, I know I know what you totally mean there. And then I also like how it's even got, like, you know, at the end of each issue, you kind of get, like, that old-school Robotnik. Also reminds me of, like, Inspector Gadget as well, too. where like you Dr. Claw. See, yeah. yeah, Dr. Claw's sitting there in his chair, and you don't see him. You just see the chair, and you see he's watching the screens and going, like, Excellent, Sonic's falling into my plan. Which, that's the thing, which is like, oh yeah, it is kind of a kid's book with that. But then, you know, it all leads to something else, though. Um, you know, that, that doesn't bother me. That, that, to me, takes me back to, like, old school, you know, watching, like, the 93 show. Or watching, as I said, Spectre Gadget and things like that. To, you know, that kind of style. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a bad one. Because I feel that's... Yeah. Robotnik, let's be honest. Robotnik, at the end of the day, is just the guy who is... He knows he's a villain, and he, he's not one of those stupid, like you know film school things where it's like oh the villain doesn't believe he's actually the villain which is i think some people do like oh no they like doing dastardly shit yeah some people are like joker and like heath ledger joker more or less yeah like they know they're the villain and they love that part of it and i feel robotnik's kind of like that too i mean he likes to make money too and you know take over lands and drill for oil and you know do every do do all this capitalist you know captain republican loves the free market yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like but in uh, Sonic's all day, like, no way, man. Like, it's all about, like, hanging out and, you know, living for freedom and sleeping on the sand and not paying taxes. 
<laughs> Why do you think I always usually hang out in the warmer areas where I don't have to worry about fucking housing? Oh, it's always it's always like eighty degrees in Green Hill, so shit. Yeah, yeah and, just lounge under a tree for the night. You're good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Some, somebody else is always going to provide for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I gotta do is save the you know save the day every once in a while. And if someone kind of starts to give me fucking lip, I'd be like, Yo, you like it here on Mobius? You want to be enslaved by Dr. Robotnik? Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Give me that fucking free soda. Give me that chili dog. Don't you dare tell me you don't know how to make a chili dog. <laughs> Need be. He could just like... And plus, you know, if they don't give it to me, I just take it. Just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fucking catch me? Yeah. I'm the fastest dude on this earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, the, the Knuckles issue I thought was good just because I think it does a... It, shows, it illustrates their friendship, but at the same time... I feel it illustrates, like, the big difference between them. Like, they bring in two new characters, Rough and Tumble, which is, like, these two skunks. And they look like they could be part of San- Sonic's world. They look like that kind of design. Like, you'd see these guys and like, in, like, you know, a hero-style game. or something. Even. Yeah. Like, they... they that, but um, I thought it was funny. They do this whole, like, Ginyu Force, like, coordinated dance kind of thing. And Sonic's trying not to laugh because he finds it so fucking stupid. But Knuckles is like, careful, they're highly coordinated. <laughs> yeah, where like N- Knuckles is almost like thinking it out like everything's so serious. <laughs> like he's a character without like much of a sense of humor. Like he wants to do the right thing, but it's like everything, nothing can be taken as a joke though. No, no, every life is serious and so on and whatnot. It's like. You know what I mean? And Sonic's just like, dude, look at these fucking lambos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then it's the, you find out that, like, these guys, they helped uh, defend this village during, like, Robotnik's siege. But then after that, they didn't leave, and now they're basically running this whole village however they want to do it. And then they're, they're, co- they're collecting Wisp because, like, uh, from Sonic Colors, because they were using those things as weapons in... Um, in Sonic Forces, and now they basically free all those things to like help fight against the, these uh, two thugs. And these thugs will be back in later issues, but this is kind of like just a soft reopening and re-enter- re-entering for everything. This is almost kind of like pro, like second minute, like this is why we need our guns. <laughs> yeah, kind of has. Well, because it has that feeling that like you know, like when an empire sort of breaks up, and then some people don't get like the the notion. Like they said that like. In when um, after World War Two, like there was guys that they found like twenty five years later on some of those random ass islands that were still defending them, like out from the jungle. Like they they didn't know the war was over yet. Shit! <laughs> Nobody <laughs> sent them the fucking message, so they're just literally living out there like Robinson Crusoe, fucking waiting for like the Americans to, <laughs> to invade their tiny island that they've been dropped off on. <laughs> <laughs> Same what do you think that was years? like, though? What do you think that was like when someone's like, "Oh, oh, jeez, you didn't, oh god, you didn't, you didn't get the me- message? Like that war ended like twenty five years ago. They dropped an atom bomb. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 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 what? Just out there like in rags. You know what I mean? Looking like fucking Tarzan and just being like, no, no, no. Japanese army would no, no. <laughs> what happened to my wife and kids? Oh well, they passed away due to old age. <laughs> You've been out here for too long. <laughs> hey, you look like you need something to drink. <laughs> yeah, just <I'm> like. <laughs> Want to get on the boat? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, no, I guess there's nothing left for me now. I'll just go back into the jungle. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, because they're That's basically these guys. Are... <laughs> it's like, what, what was it there? What am I going to go back to? I, I can't, can't operate a computer. Uh, you're probably right. All right, later, boom. <laughs> just slowly walks back to the jungle, like the leaves and stuff start closing in on him. <laughs> Off he goes by Pearl Jam plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, that's almost like what some of these characters are, because it's like they're like they're like, oh shit, we're we're botnik's not in charge of us. Well, we're not letting go of our little empires. We're, yeah, not, like, we're not letting go of our like our Soviet controlled like nations. <laughs> it's like an iron curtain thing they got going here because they do have like this it's kind of like maybe it is a metaphor for the Berlin Wall because they are like in this walled off city here yeah exactly but um and then I guess we go last into like the one with like Blaze and then the what was that new chick's name again who's like the squirrel or uh, Tangle Tangle she's yeah, like a tang- lemur yeah Tangle the lemur yeah you know and of course like Sonic and Blaze are just like yeah we're fucking awesome you know you know, here's this Tangle chick too yeah she could help out cool we can always use a new recruit which yeah, she um, I thought she's she's an interesting. I think she's a character that could like work on the games and all that. I think what's smart about this is they look at it like, all right, well, what's a character? I mean, I guess anything that you don't see in the games, you see in a book, comes across as like, okay, that's someone's OC or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like looking at that character, that seems like a uh, like an ability you could use in the game in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I think that character fits real well in here. I think she could totally be used, like, in the games and whatnot. And I think sometimes even in these comics, too, this is where, like, you can kind of get the... Sometimes when you get, like, a brand new character in Sonic, you're like, who's this fucking guy? But, like, if you already have it, like, explained in the comic and you kind of get to like him here, you you know, you mean... Because, I mean, that was, like, the whole thing that happened with, like, Silver. Silver just kind of came off on the wrong foot, like, in 06. Well, the thing about Silver is, it was, it was a couple things with Silver. Um, let me say, I'm not sure if I said this in the show or not, but um, Silver was a character I always hated, just because he, first off, he played super slow. He's like, why do I, why am I playing this, like, there, remember that, there was that psychic game? Psychonauts? Around, not Psychonauts, but there was like some kind of psychic game where it's just like, oh, you get control shit with your mind. But it's in like, well, I don't remember what it was called. I want to say it was for like PlayStation two or his playstation three at the time but anyway it um like silver seemed like a cheaper slower version of that Mm -hmm. and then on top of that he was so easy i I guess there's something about sonic like rival characters they're always super easy to manipulate in the trick but he was like there's a guy like the devil literally looks like the devil talks like the devil and pops in like is like an evil version of shadow evil version of shadow it's just like, you must do what I say. Okay, I'll help out however I can. You know, and he just, like, fucks things up more. So for a while, I was like, fuck this guy. He just, just ruins everything. But I'm going to say, um, and that's all I ever saw him in was 06, really. And then he'd pop in other games for a minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then in um, this series, though, he's not in this volume. He's actually a well-written character as it goes on. Like, they find that good balance with him. And I'm like, okay, you kind of turned me on this character. I can, if he's written well, like anything, he could probably survive. You know, not survive, but like last longer, I guess. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think that's sort of it. Is that he just needed to be kind of, he just needed to redo in a sense, and then uh, he'd come back around. And yeah, and so he's not in this, but I could definitely see. You know, he had the plus one of the rotten lucks being introduced in like one of the worst Sonic games. So you know. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those ones, but um. 
But yeah, no, so far this book series, like, because this is the only volume I've read is the first one, super dialed in. I think all the characters are fun. I mean, it's all the all the Sonic characters you know and love, you know, written real well. The story's cool. I like the buildup it's kind of getting to. We're going to see what Robotnik's up to in a sense. Nice thing, too, is like, Robotnik's technically, other than like just in the very end of each issue, he's not in it, which is always kind of nice. It's that sort of... Sometimes some of those uh, characters, like they only when they have kind of like that one ultra major villain, and then like they always kind of seem to be like, oh, what? It's always Robotnik. It's always, you know, the Joker, or it's always like, um, uh, shit. I was, the one I was thinking of is um, like Ninja Turtles with Shredder. It's like sometimes it's kind of oh, yeah. nice when like, okay, let's see some other characters for once. We'll, we'll get to them in a moment, but like let's let's see some other people, see what they're doing. Well, I thought Blaze was a good addition because I think she's a character that has been un- underutilized in the Sonic games and. She's always a good character. So right here, it was just like, okay, so this one we're going to introduce you to a new character, but then bring Blaze into it, which is uh, like a, not, I'm not going to say a super deep cut character, but like not one of the first characters that comes to mind. Yeah, I feel like, because I mean, like how many games can you really play as Blaze in? Like the DS one. She's in 06. Um, That's right. She's in 06. Because I think that was the same time. as They both probably came out about 06. And then uh, she's in 06 and she's like in every single um, like any kind of spinoff or uh, party type game she's in. Yeah. And then, um, and then she's in like the, the RPG one, the Dark Brotherhood. She's in all the Rush games. because That's kind of like almost her franchise with Sonic, Sonic Rush, Sonic Rush 2 and Sonic Rush Adventure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but like, I mean, for the most part, though, like it seems like, yeah, you don't see her like as often and i think that i do think that character actually is one of the coolest newer sonic characters out there no yeah i definitely agree with that i think that they could use her more and i i've read basically uh i've got a lot further in this series since uh the i have i'm up to volume i think seven by this point so um yeah this series goes in some pretty good places and i look forward to doing more of them on this podcast but there's just one little thing we should point out mm-hmm. and at the end of all the issues we see someone in a chair we don't see who the chair is who's behind the chair and then at the very end of this volume you see in some village there's a little kid who's like oh my my wagon's broken you see robotnik watching like a creeper he says don't worry i'll fix everything but keep in mind that's not in the chair. That's not in this. That's not the control room. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't really even think about that, but that is kind of true. When you see it like that, um, he is he was just like looking out for this kid. He's like, I'm gonna turn them all into robots. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. I'm gonna say, if there is kind of like a slow point of the series, and not that it's a slow point, it's just it's slow. It's like easing people in. The first volume, I was like, okay, that's good, but I want more. Let's let's kind of get let's cut more to it. And I'm going to say volume two, and as they go on, get really good. Well, yeah, I think it'd be, I'd be fun to uh, go through at least a few more of these books too. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I'm having a good time in that Sonic mood still. So um, yeah, it'd be fun to continue on with this. But um, yeah, beyond all that good stuff, I guess go to oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys and animations and so on. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. See you some other time. Later, folks.